Y'all, this is like take 10, but that's okay. We're going to act like it's the first take. (laughs) Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric Podcast, where we focus on finding our strides, sis, even with introductions. I'm Adrienne Robertson, your host. I'm a writer by day, but I'm an inspirer by night. Can I be that? Yes, I want to inspire you. On this podcast, I share ways to avoid burnout from being a parent, entrepreneur, friend, or just a fierce black woman. I hope you enjoy and suggest topics that we all can relate to and be assured that in this crazy, chaotic world, you can find your stride. Now go enjoy some episodes. Peace. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. I hope that you've had an awesome week, an awesome weekend. This episode is all about last resorts, y'all. I have been thinking and toiling with this concept of last resorts for a while now. It's come up in conversations that I've had with friends, family, and just internally um, has come up as this kind of this fear-based feeling of, I have to turn to my last resort. I have to choose what I consider to be my last resort. And God has been dealing with me with that. He is like, what are you talking about, Adrian? What last resort? Like, like, no, seriously, what last resort? So that's what this episode is about. I'm going to, like I often do, start with the definition of last resort because I think that is going to help set the foundation for why I'm even going here, right? Let's let's go there. Let's start. So the last resort definition that I found online was the only choice that remains after all others have been tried. I read this and I was just like, wow. How is it that I can think? And I'm going to use I statements, okay? Because... <laughs> I am preaching to the choir with this one. I have found myself in in spaces where I felt like there was only one option left. How is it that I can feel like there is only one, one choice that remains and that I've tried all the others? All the others? All as in totality? As in every possible single option scenario out there that could occur, I have tried it. Really, Adrian, that's what you think? Oh my gosh, I am here to challenge you to recognize that there is no last resort. There are no last resorts. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. And it doesn't matter what options you think you have. You have more. There are always more options. And I want to place emphasis on this option piece because the last resort is hinged on this idea that it's the only other option. It's the only other option. But the paradox is that in order for it to be an option, there means that there's something else, right? Like there, in order for me to have come down to what I consider to be my last resort, then there's another way. And if we are living, breathing beings, how can we decide that there is no other way? How can we decide that this is the end all be all? 
Like how many times have we thought, I'm saying we, but I'm talking about me, <laughs> that we had to, we had to choose our last resort, right? This is my last resort. We thought it was our last resort and something happened that proved that to be wrong. Like, I just get so overwhelmed with emotion when I think about that because I have found myself in that place so many times where I'm like, I got A and I got B. A ain't, ain't it. <laughs> so I got to take B. And actually, I have an example. I'm going to get to that in a second. Before I jump to that, let me let me talk about options real quick. So there, I found another definition of the last resort, which was something you choose only after you've eliminated every other possibility. Every other possibility. Like, why do we think that there's a last resort? Why do we think that we have exhausted all the options? How? You've tried every other possibility? Like, like, come on, come on. Okay, let me move on. And so... um. This idea, so I want to come back to options because we there are usually options that we're thinking of, right? As, a, as we're problem solving, as we're uh, presented with situations in life, we are presented with what we consider to be the options, right? And we, if we're not, then we think through, right? We, we sit down and we say, okay, here's the pros, the cons, what could be, what can't be. If I do this, then that. If X, then Y. If I try this, if I don't try that, if I go here, if I do this. I mean, we can really map out and plan out all the options, right, that we know of. We can even pick the brains of other people. We can soundboard with friends. We can go on the internet. We can comparison shop. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of resources for figuring out what our options are, right? I think the caveat here is that it's based on what we can think and what we can see and what we can do. And as a person of faith, as a person who believes strongly in God, this is where I insert God. Okay, if you're new here, I'm going to bring him up in every conversation because he is such a huge part of my life. He is my life. I would not be here if it wasn't for him. So this is where that happens. <laughs> um, as a person of faith, there is no way that what I think is representative of all. And as a believer in the word, as a believer in the Bible, there is proof of that. I have that here in my notes. So if you're watching and you're wondering why I'm looking down, it's because I got notes. I'm not here to waste your time. <laughs> so the first thing that came to mind, which is so funny, um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, um, was the scripture Ephesians 3.20, which I thought was so interesting because the last episode was based out of Ephesians as well. And I didn't plan this. <laughs> But the scripture, Ephesians 3 and 20, talks about how God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, can ask, or think according to the power that works in us. If that is so, and I believe it to be because I, I mean, I can't be a Christian if I don't believe his word, right? Um, then that is saying that even... What I think 
is such a small fraction of what he can do. Just because of I have thoughts of what can be done and can't be done doesn't mean that there are limits around what can be done. It doesn't mean that it can't happen another way. In fact, it it can't. Because if his if he can do exceedingly abundantly, this ain't even like just a little bit, just, you know, I don't even know how to put it, y'all. Exceedingly abundantly, well beyond what we can ask. Okay, that is what we can put words to, right? And we can frame it in the language that we know or think. So even if you haven't even been able to put words to it and you've just imagined it, you've fantasized about it, you it, it has come up in a fleeting way. You're like, mm, yeah, no, nah, that ain't possible. Even that is less than what's possible. Our wildest dreams, our largest dreams, our hopes, all the things that we can possibly imagine God can do beyond that. Beyond that. But I love that second part where he says, according to the power that works in us, because the only power that we truly have is through the Holy Spirit. We don't really truly have power within ourselves. Yeah, there are things that we can do on our own and we can get ourselves a little ways. I wouldn't even say far. We can get ourselves a little ways. But to go the distance, to be prosperous, to truly live the life that God has designed for us, we have to operate in the Holy Spirit. We have to welcome him in because he knows all, sees all, and can guide and direct us in the way that is best for us. He can even fix those wrong steps, okay? We, we think we can take a misstep and God is like, no, even that is working for your good. So it's only through the Holy Spirit that we even have power um, to live any type of life that is remotely pleasing to God. <laughs> and it is only through that power, his Holy Spirit, that exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think can even be done. So it's like, not only is it beyond what I can think, but for me to tap into it, I have to lean on the Holy Spirit because it's just that big. It's just that grand. It's just that out of reach. What I can do for myself is with is what's within reach. But what God can do, I need him. In order for him to do it, he has to be the one who works in me to do the things. I'm starting to finish off scripture, scriptures to do of his good pleasure, but <laughs> we, we're not going to go to Old Testament. But yeah, um, I love that scripture and it is a reminder that there is no last resort, sis, bruh. It is no, there is no last resort, okay? Just because that's the option that you've thought of or was presented to you, even if the way it was presented to you is that it was the only option, it ain't. It ain't. And so I want to talk about briefly um, what I mean when I say it's not the only option, because I know that that can be hard to add practicality to, right? Like it can be hard for you to kind of see that. And I'm saying you, but I'm talking about me. <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to, to think in that way when I live a life of what's in front of me. Okay. If the job says you got option A and option B, I got option A and option B, or at least that's the way it seems, right? So then how do you take 
your faith and apply it to a situation that seems so finite. It seems like there are no other options here. So what are you talking about? I want to get to that. So first I have to share um, how a story about how my son thinks. So my oldest is Rufus. He is like your typical oldest child, right? He has learned his boundaries. He knows what is typically allowed and not. And he, he operates within those, those bounds. He operates in that box of like, mommy, daddy say we can do this. We can't do that. He doesn't, he don't really push those, those boundaries too much. My youngest is, I don't even think he realizes that boundaries exist. Like he, (laughs) he is in the way that he thinks, even at his young age, Ezekiel, we call him Zeke. He's five. Is always a step ahead. It's always like, wait, there's another way. And I love that about him. So for example, if I offer him, if I say, hey, do you want some grapes or some blackberries? His first response, and I'm learning this because it had to happen for a while for me to realize it, is I want both. I, he is in a space where he is not even asking me anymore. <laughs> He's not like, he. I think at one point he was like, well, can I have both now? He's just like, if they're there, I can have them. So he's automatically added a third choice. You know, you got the oldest who is like, it's A or it's, or it's B. That's what they said. That's what they offered. And he has added choice three, which is both. And many times he will say, I want a banana. <laughs> and we have bananas, yes. But I didn't think to ask him for that. And so now there's another option. So, which inherently is like six options, right? Because he could have the the grapes, the the blackberries, the grapes and the blackberries. He can have a banana. He could have the grapes, the blackberries and a banana, a banana and blackberries or banana and grapes. The options, okay, they have grown simply because he refused to think within the box. And God is telling us, I can, I can give you my options way beyond that, way beyond that. And I just, I just love that. I love that little example. It always, every time he does that, it just reminds me of like, ain't no last resorts. It's like, Adrian, it's just a little message to me, a little birdie to me to say, see, you have more options than you think. Even a child can see that. Even a child can recognize the options or some of them anyway. So when I talk about, um, the options being endless. You're like, I don't get it because even with the fruit example, right? Ain't but so many fruits you got in your fridge. So the options aren't endless, right? So here are some ways that you can challenge yourself to think outside of that box, to 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 completely reject the idea of last resorts. We can choose to take what we see, right? We can choose to take some I'm, I'm going to keep going back to the fruit scenario. We can choose to take some, okay, the blackberries, the grapes, or all, right? What are all the options available available to me? We can also create options, the options we don't see. So, for example, my son could ask me for something I don't have, and he could say, can we go get it at the store? Like, right? Create an option. Um 
just like he created an option by saying and or created an option by asking for a banana. You can go out here in your life, it doesn't matter what it is, and create a new option. Just because the options that are in front of you um, are there doesn't mean that other options can't exist. It doesn't mean that that's the end all and the be all. Go see what else is out there, what what else is available to you. That's just one option. You can choose to wait. The other option is nothing. My son can say, I don't want any fruit. And that's an option. Just because it's presented to you doesn't mean you have to take it. I can choose to wait. And I say wait because you're taking nothing, but it's temporary. So with the example with my son, he could say, I don't want anything. But then I go out and I buy more things or I buy more fruit or whatever. And now the options have grown. It isn't just a a flat out no, a flat out nothing. I take nothing. He could wait and say, you know what? I don't want that right now. And then his dad comes in with something. And now there's another option on the table. But a lot of times we, me, (laughs) feel like, I may feel like I have to choose something now. I have to act fast. I have to act swiftly. I have to take what's in front of me. I can opt out altogether. <laughs> altogether, that's an option. And then last, which isn't really, look, look, y'all know how I feel about last. It's not really last. <laughs> but another option is um, you can just want something else altogether. You can say, you know, perhaps the options are in front of you and you're like, oh, yeah, I do want grapes. Or I do want blackberries. But then you realize, I don't really have a taste for any of that. Um, Instead, I want crackers. Well, now, because what you want has changed, your options can change, right? If I'm talking to my son and he's like, actually, I don't want any fruit at all. What veggies do we have? Because he loves carrots and like uh, broccoli and ranch. So if he had switched gears altogether and been like, well, I actually want veggies instead of fruit. Well, now his options have changed. And I say, oh, okay, well, let me look in the fridge and see what veggies we have. So you you may find in your journey that as options are presented to you, or maybe you go out here and try to create options, or maybe as you wait for other options, that your desires change all together. And these are different paths. Each each route is a different path. It leads to a different option. And these are all within what we can reach and what we can think and what we can imagine. But what about the options that God have that we don't even know about? <laughs> like, what about those? There, it, That's why it's amazing when you look at the scripture that says exceedingly abundantly it's like the options truly are endless they truly are endless just because you can't think or imagine it doesn't mean it's not possible and that leads me to another scripture that you know god's ways are higher than our ways and you know that word higher can you know you might be like oh, what does that mean what are you talking about In other ways, in other words, (laughs) um, the way and the route in which you might get to something um, 
is limited. It may be narrow. It may just be a completely different route altogether than than what God would offer. And I have examples of that, so many examples of that. Um, but I, I am going to share one because I see my time is dwindling. Y'all get the yapping. And time flies. So I want to share something that happened with me. I was looking for a place to stay. And I had a limited amount of time to figure out what where I wanted to live. That part was true. <laughs> Your girl's lease was coming to an end. <laughs> and I had already extended it a bit. So I had gotten down to two options that I had chosen. And it was like two and a possible that were within the, the range that I wanted to be. And I had chosen two that I considered to be my top two. And one of them told me, I can give you an answer by the morning. Like, I think it was like noon the next day. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna just hold off. I'm the other, you know, I know this other place wants to hear from me, but this is my top, you know, choice. So I'm just going to wait until the morning. And then based on, you know, what happens in the morning, I'll move forward. So I prayed to God and I'm like, all right, God, you know, lead me the direction I need to go now, you know, help me choose, you know, when it all comes down to it and, and, and make the right decision. I said the prayer, um, felt good about it. Okay. <laughs> and I went to sleep in the middle of the night. I get an email and it says I was declined for the one that I really wanted. So I'm like, oh, man, like, I ain't get it. Then I get a second email and it says, you declined, sis. <laughs> it was the same email. I think it just went out twice. But it was like, it came through twice and I was just like, I got it. Okay. I don't, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So immediately I'm like, okay, well then I have one other option and that's to go with the other one that I had chosen. So I moved forward. I moved forward in the morning. I didn't wait until noon. I um, went on and signed the lease with the other place and paid the deposit, all the things, right? I get home, I sit down and I'm like, whew, I'm glad that's over because I don't like making decisions. <laughs> I mean, especially not like tough decisions, long-term decisions, right? So I'm like um, relaxing and I get a phone call and the phone call is from the other people that declined me. So I'm like, what y'all want? You know what I'm saying? I already got an attitude. And I answer and they're like, we just want to let you know that you were approved. Say what? Approved. I got two emails last night that said I was declined. I was denied or whatever you want to say. And they were like, oh, that was a mistake. I don't know why that went through that way. You were actually approved. Um, and I think it was just a technical glitch. And in that instance, I was reminded <laughs> that God can do above what we could ask or think. In the moment, 
I felt like I only had two options. And then one was taken off the table. So then I'm like, then I got one option. And I didn't. And you would think, okay, at least for me, I'm like, I moved forward with all the information I had. I did the best I could with the information that I had. Knowing I was on a time crunch, I couldn't, I didn't want to wait and drag it out because I needed to find this place in a certain amount of time. So yeah, I'm like, based on all the, all the information that was in front of my face, I made what I considered to be the best decision. Perhaps I felt like the decision was made for me, (laughs) Um, but that wasn't the case. There was another option just because I couldn't see it and I couldn't think it. And I didn't know that what was going on and how it was happening, how it went down. And I could have done all the what ifs. Okay. The, well, I could have called them. I could have followed up. I could have X, Y, and Z, but based on the simple information that was presented to me, I moved forward as best as, as I could in the moment. Okay. Retrospectively hindsight 20 is 2020, honey. I could, yeah, I could have went back and did some things differently, but based on the information I was given at the time, I made I made those calls, right? And God is like, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust that I can do above what you can, you ask or think, even when natural circumstances would suggest otherwise. There are no last resorts. That's it, look. (laughs) I have to move on to the next segment. Why didn't they tell us? Uh, Because I'm running out of time. (laughs) So why didn't they tell us is a fun segment where we just make light of the topic we just discussed. It's a way to end on a light note, a fun note. That's it. So I'm going to give you three of these and then I'm going to get out of here. Why didn't they tell us that uh, we needed to get out of our heads? Why didn't they tell us to get out of our heads? Like you, it's, it's, it's not here. It's above you. What's the saying? It's above me now. It's above me now. Y'all got to take a sip. Don't forget y'all, I'm looking at my notes and so I'm not writing as legibly as I need to. So hmm, that last statement was a little botched, but (laughs) why didn't they tell us to get out of our heads? (laughs) Number two, why didn't they tell us that uh, the last resort is kind of cryptic? You know, it's, it's a little dark because if you ain't got no more options, it's like, then what? Like we, and then, and then the life is over. Like, I lay down and die. Like, there are always options. Because even if it's at the end, that means there's a new beginning on the other side of that. Even if it truly comes to an end, it is no longer in your hands. It's no longer in your reach. Then that means that there's an opportunity for something new. Something brand new. There is an option, right? Right? Last resort, it's a little dark. It's off-putting. I think I will never say this phrase <laughs> ever again. And then lastly, why didn't they tell us that we don't we don't really get a say? I mean, we don't really get a say because the last resort can still change. It can still change. What we think, just like I thought with the the um, housing situation I was in, I was like, okay, I'm going with my last resort. My last resort was like, nope. <laughs> Actually, there are other options. There are always other options. Remember that as you take each and every journey that you find yourself on. Ain't no last resort, sis. I don't have much more to say. 
because <laughs> I'm going to just keep repeating myself. Go read Ephesians 3. Make sure you stop at Ephesians 20 and take it all in. Um, and let me know what y'all think. I always enjoy your feedback and how uh, you receive these episodes. Are they helping? Are they confusing? Am I rambling too much? Like, y'all, man, let me know. Okay, don't have me out here in the dark. Let me know. Anywho, I hope that you have the best week and the best weekend. And I hope that you'll meet me right back here next time on Relatable Rhetoric. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll check out other episodes and more importantly, find your stride, sis.